Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Sorry, nothing personal word of the day. First day of September is sorry. As in the apology given by Javier Baez and Francisco Lindor for their thumbs down debacle. I'm so sorry, Lindor said. I didn't mean to offend anybody. Of course, he didn't mean to offend anybody. He sent out a tweet. Baez met the media, sent out a tweet. That's how you do it these days, I guess. You just apologize. I have a much better idea. I'd like to eliminate, here's the rule I want to implement to my players. No sorries. That's the new rule. No more statements, no more sorries. It's ridiculous. How about this? How about Al Davis? That's what we should aspire to be. Just win, baby. Mets fans are booing Baez as the Mets are losing to the Miami Marlins in the first game of a doubleheader, which was the continuation of a suspended game from April, which caused all sorts of funny stats. The Mets walk it off. Game one, Baez scores from first on a base hit. He hustles. He loses an earring. Everyone's looking for his great big diamond earring. Why are you wearing earrings when you're playing baseball? I used to tell the players when they wear these huge necklaces, me and AJ Ramos would get into it. AJ, why do you have to wear such a big necklace? And then you have to tuck it in and then it gets in your face when you run. It's like, I like it. It feels good. All right. Have at it. Giancarlo would wear a big chain. The, the chains would get bigger, actually, as the money got bigger. But earrings, whatever, they fell off. So Sandy Alderson is on the field searching for the earring. The Mets win in walk-off fashion. And Mets fans are cheering Baez and cheering Lindor. They're hugging like they won the freaking World Series. They beat one of the worst teams in baseball. The fifth worst team in baseball, the Mets beat. And they're celebrating. I love walk-offs. We would celebrate walk-offs even when you're losing 100 games. When you walk off, you celebrate. I'm in. I get it. I always like the, you celebrate the win, you hug, you jump around, pour some Gatorade, and then get to the clubhouse because your team stinks. I don't like the idea of celebrating a home run when you're down 7-1 to in the ninth. You just give a high five a little bit and then keep going. But the sorries have to stop and the winning has to start. And if you're the Mets organization, it's sort of a very simple equation. You can eliminate the statements trying to explain what happened. You can eliminate the owner tweets saying how important it is not to MF the fans. You can eliminate 
all of the issues that have existed with the Mets with better players, with better performance. And I never used to admit this because you really shouldn't admit it when you're the president of a team. I always would say, hey, don't worry about winning. You don't control that. Sell the experience. You'd say that to your sponsors. You'd say that to your fans. You'd say that to your employees. But you know what? At the end of the day, in sports with fans, you want to know how to get more fans, win games. You want to know how to keep more fans, win games. It turns out that fans don't care about anything else. Now, fans can stand on ceremony. I don't like that player because he stands for this. I don't like that player because he did that. Ooh, he just hit a three to win the game. I love you, man. Walk off base hit. Love you too, man. It's amazing how we are as fans, isn't it? Well, I've got one word of advice. There's a song by Justin Shane Bieber. It's about five years old. I think it has like 79 trillion hits on YouTube. And the, the chorus goes something like this. Yeah, it's late to say I'm sorry or something like that. Is it too late now to say I'm sorry? He's talking about a girl. But I think about that sometimes when I'm thinking about my players and wondering, is it better to let a story just die and cut its legs off? Or do you get into the media quickly and do a statement? Do you demand an apology from the offending party? If you are the offending party, do you apologize? Like Steve Phillips, the old GM of the Mets, when he was caught doing something off the field and he held a press conference immediately apologizing. How many apology press conferences have we seen recently? Not just part of the 2020 and 2021 new world we're in, but it's been going on forever. They go there. And do you remember when Woody Allen did his apology press conference? And I was just thinking about all of the bad people who've done bad things who then have to do that press conference. And sometimes it's better just not to say anything. Just go away. I think that's what Baez is going to do. I told you that he's not going to be a Met next year. It seems very likely that he's just going to go away. I think the same is going to happen to the Mets this year. But it's exciting for all of you Mets fans. I had to go on CBS Sports HQ last night and went on like 11 p.m. live. And they wanted me to talk about the Mets and having swept the doubleheader from the Marlins and talk about the Rays and the Red Sox and all that was going on with that game. And I was thinking about the way that we in sports and in media, we pander to big markets. We pander to big names because it's so important to the health of the league, to the health of the network, to the health of the business. This goes on in the NBA and the NFL, more so in the NBA and MLB. When you want your New York teams to do well, you want your big cities or big markets to do well. The networks want to show the big markets. It's why ESPN shows Red Sox, Yankees all the time. And we pander to it. And we're so upset when these teams aren't good the way the Mets aren't good. And it occurred to me that we're tricking you all because all we really care about is that they're making news. And the Mets have been so good about making news. Forget the fact that they can't win. You've got the Yankees who are winning enough for New York. And you've got the other big market teams in Los Angeles doing well. Angels not. Dodgers, yes. 
You need a foil. You need a common enemy. You need a story. You need content. God bless those Mets. They are full of content. There's a former Mets, Met 6969. There's a former Met who's making news, a former Marlin as well, made news just this morning. And I want to mention it briefly here on Nothing Personal because I try to just tell you two sides to a story and let you make a decision. I've not commanded you to get vaccinated. I've merely asked you to tell me why you're not getting vaccinated. What is the religious purpose? What is the scientific reason? I've spoken to several players who do not want to get vaccinated. Their wife doesn't want them to get vaccinated, so they don't, because obviously you have to do what your wife says. Ironic that that's how players think in certain cases and not others. I've got reasons to believe that it's going to impact me long term. I need to see more proof, more science, more study. Here's the proof. 99.9% of those people who get vaxxed, if they get COVID, will not get breakthrough COVID. They will not be hospitalized and they will not be at risk of dying. How's that? Good enough? Guess not. Companies are saying get vaxxed or you may not participate. How about the woman who tried to get into Hawaii where you have to be vaccinated? She faked her vax card like a fake ID. I had a, uh, for those old New Yorkers as I am, New York licenses, this is a little detour, Coca, just be ready. These New York licenses of, of yesteryear, they were not laminated, and you actually could take an eraser, and I was born in 68, and you could take a little eraser, and if you look at what an eight is, and I would really have to draw it if you're watching this on Nothing Personal um, YouTube channel, you can see I'm showing you an eight, and if you just erase two parts of the eight, which is the top left and the bottom right quadrant, the eight can become a five. And so I then was born on February 26th, 1965. And that was a fake ID. The risks were obvious. I didn't want to use someone else's name or address because that was very common back in the back in my, again, that's three days in a row. That used to be very common, but I was too scared to use someone else's name and address because what if I got caught? I didn't want to ever get in trouble. I wanted to always go right to the line. It's funny how my life turned out, right? You go right to the line every time, the line moves a little bit, but somehow you don't get punched in the face. So I used a fake ID and I used it to vote. I'm just kidding. That's an Alex Keaton reference. I used it to get into bars. Ironically, I didn't drink in high school. I didn't start drinking until baseball, actually. I didn't even drink in law school. So this woman used a fake vax card to get into Hawaii, and she spelled Moderna wrong. She had the wrong dates. It was just a total ridiculous attempt, and she got arrested. It's so much easier to go get vaccinated. It's not like you have to drive five hours. It's at your local drugstore. And you have no chance of needing then to lie, but you need to get vaccinated to go to events in New York, to go to restaurants. In my opinion, it needs to be in order to fly, you have to be vaccinated. In order to go to concerts, you have, need to be vaccinated. I want to make it so you have to be vaccinated. And private companies have that right to demand vaccination. MLB Network is demanding that all of its employees are vaccinated. Good for them. Well, Al Leiter, the former Met, and former Marlin and John Smoltz. These are two big personalities at MLB Network. John Smoltz is the number one analyst for Fox for MLB, World Series, LCS. Al Leiter goes in studio. They are not permitted 
to go into the studios in Secaucus now because they will not get vaccinated. I want to know why. I want to know why. Not that they're not vaccinated. I want to know why MLB Network is allowing them to be remote. Are you going to let your crappy analysts do it? Your line producer who doesn't want to get vaccinated, do they get to line produce from home? What about the PAs? What about the P's? The EPs? What about the camera people? Oh, no, but the talent. If you're John Smoltz and Al Leiter and you don't want to get vaccinated, hey, we respect that. We're going to set you up remotely and you're going to be allowed to participate. Horse hockey. You want to make a point, you make a point. And even if it hurts, and this is coming from a guy who told you that he treats better players better than worse players when it comes to figuring out what to do, unless you hit the third rail with behavioral mistakes. But that was me long ago. Today, I feel differently. Consistency matters. If Coco didn't want to get vaccinated, guess what? He wouldn't be producing nothing personal. I guess we're still remote, so he would. But when we get back into a studio shortly, the rule is you have to be vaccinated to get into a studio that I'm going to be in. I just don't want to be around non-vaccinated people. I, and you know why? It's selfish. I don't want to be responsible if you get COVID and get sick and die. I don't want that on my head. I got enough guilt. I got enough issues with the therapist that I have to work through that I don't need that. MLB Network had a chance to make a good point and to make it clear that they were going to treat everyone the same. But nope, if you're Al Leiter and John Smoltz, we're going to take care of you. I wonder what Fox is going to do. What are you going to do, Joe Buck? You're going to sit next to John Smoltz, Mr. Unvaccinated throughout the World Series? Do you think MLB or Fox will care? Fox, ironically, which requires employees to be vaccinated? Hmm. Do they require all employees to be vaccinated? I wonder whether they require employees to be vaccinated who get on the air and tell you that you shouldn't get vaccinated. Wait a minute. Hmm. Interesting. Vaccinations have become a real thing. And it is about two months ago, Coca, when the Buffalo Bills GM said that they were going to take into account when signing players and making roster decisions whether or not players were vaccinated right after football came out with these unbelievable penalties for games missed because of COVID and because of unvaccinated players getting COVID. We are right now in a state where teams are having outbreaks. We talked about the Red Sox outbreak. Roger Goodell on May 5th, so it's three months ago now, June, July, August, God, it's almost four months ago. Today's September 1st. September is the best month in the baseball calendar. When you're having a crappy season, it means it's almost over. And when you're trying to make the playoffs, it means it's almost here. So Roger Goodell on May 5th, remember that show, you can go back to it, episode something, 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 made all these rules about what the penalties are if you miss games and you're not vaccinated, how teams will have to pay damages so teams are saying, I'm only going to take vaccinated players. And that makes perfect sense. But the idiocy are the executives who continue to say that's what they're doing. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Man, thank you, Urban, for taking the job with Jacksonville. Thank you for helping me with nothing personal content. 
thank you for telling me that Trevor Lawrence earned the starting job and then trading Gardner Minishu. And thank you for going public yesterday and acknowledging that one of the things that went into your final roster cuts, one of the considerations was vaccination status. Hmm. What do you think the NFLPA did immediately? They said, ooh, that's not right. We're going to open a probe. We're going to look into this. What's there to look into? He said it. Coke and I were preparing for the show yesterday and today. And he said, you know what I don't get? And I agree with you, Matt, I really do. What's the investigation to see whether or not linebacker John Doe was released because he's not vaccinated or was he released because he was second on the depth chart or fourth in the depth chart or because he lost his playbook or because he didn't make an open field tackle two games ago on third and 14. It doesn't matter. Mayor already said, is it Meyer or Mayor? Whatever. Urban already said that vaccination status, Meyer, that vaccination status was part of the calculus. So what exactly is the NFL going to do about that? Nothing. What's the NFL PA going to do about it? Nothing. They've got to say that they are opening a probe and an investigation because when you are in a collective bargaining situation, when you are the union or you are the management, you spend the entire day. There are employees dedicated to this who protect the rights that you have under your agreement, who test the boundaries and the limits of the rights that you have given away and that you have kept in your agreement. So, of course, the PA has to, the Players Association has to open a probe and start an investigation, and they do it knowing that they cannot prevail. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Because it's very common in the legal world where you start a fight that you know you can't win, but you're doing it to set the record for any possible future fight. With prejudice. Without prejudice. You ever seen that expression? I want to read. I want to read you something. This is good. I just thought of this, Coca. Stay with me, okay? Don't go anywhere. Have you ever taken a moment when you're reading an article or you're reading a case to ask yourself, what does it mean without prejudice? You have you have agents who say that a lot. Trevor Bowers guys have been doing that a lot. Without prejudice without detriment to any existing right or claim. Meaning I admit that today is Wednesday. Yes. I admit that today is Wednesday without prejudice. Meaning I leave it open to the possibility that it's Tuesday and it could even be Thursday. I will pay you your $10 without prejudice. That means I can still fight it. So here's a little legal clue for y'all. Someone owes you something or you want to pay a bill and you're, there's a fight over how much the bill is and you just write the check. You write the check. You say for full and final payment with prejudice, meaning that's it. Game over. God darn it, Coke. I don't know why we we're talking about that. Bill Belichick has entered the conversation. 
I like Bill Belichick because now that he doesn't have Tom Brady, now that he had a bad year, he signed Cam Newton thinking Cam Newton was good. Cam Newton got released. Of course, the question is, was Cam Newton vaccinated? And I laughed my tushy off. The question you all have is Cam Newton vaccinated. I got a better one for you. Does Cam Newton stink? We'll be right back. We're going to talk about Ben Simmons and we're going to review a movie that you asked me to watch and I watched it immediately. And let me tell you something. It was magical. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thank you for making it through the gauntlet that CBS throws in there. Thank you for rating, reviewing, following, whatever else you do to spread the word about Nothing Personal because it works we just finished another successful month. We're starting September here with CBS. Happy to do it. Coke and I are on show number 435 of regular shows, and we've loved every one of them. And we will keep going. We love watching movies every day. I say we, but it's really me. I watch one every day. And you get into my Twitter, David P. Sampson. You ask me a question uh, that's so you want to talk to Sampson, or you tell me to watch a movie or you just say some random stuff. Someone said, please watch Fantastic Fungi. I had no idea what it was because you know I don't read reviews. You know, Fantastic Fungi, I was thinking mushrooms. Ooh, wait a minute. Could this be about magic mushrooms? Could this be about shrooming? Is there a chance that I'm gonna see a lot of colors and shapes? and take a wonderful journey? Is it potentially in the shape of a pie chocolate? Well, I watched it. Thank you for suggesting it to me. It's called Fantastic Fungi on Netflix, and it is about mushrooms. I had no idea, no idea. For me, mushrooms are either for tripping or they're for putting on pizza and salad, and they're for not eating when you're on Survivor. That's what mushrooms are. Turns out that mushrooms and myocillium may be the key to the future of our planet. That sounds absurd, doesn't it? I learned more about mushrooms in that 80 minutes than I ever learned in any science class or any YouTube video or any website. Fascinating. I felt like eating mushrooms after watching Fantastic Fungi, and so will you. <laughs> All right, Coca, I don't know how to move on to the next topic, but speaking of shrooming. You know what I want? 
talk to Samson. Do you get that? Speaking of shrooming, so you want to talk to Samson? No? Okay. What's the name of the movie that's from? Half-Baked? Okay. Twitter, David P. Samson. We have fun on Twitter. You asked me a question, and I'm going to cover it. Here was the question. David. Hello. You are the Sixers president. No, I'm not. My friend Daryl Morey is, but thank you. Walk me through the Ben Simmons situation. Do you trade him no matter what? Thank you so much. Seriously, thank you for asking me that question because we really have to talk about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons yesterday, after we had a wait to see in, I don't know when it was, Coca, but it was months ago, like June. We had to wait to see that Ben Simmons will not play for the 76ers again. There have been rumors the entire offseason that the Sixers want to trade him. Ben Simmons is posting videos of him shooting threes and making shots, but in a game, he never shoots threes. He doesn't take shots. He disappears. He's an all-star, good defensive player, but you're not going to trust the process and win a championship with Ben Simmons. NGTH, not going to happen. The Sixers have this belief that they have this huge asset. They're not going to trade him for anything short of a King's ransom, a Herschel Walker-style trade because he's Ben Simmons. Guess what the other executives in the NBA are saying to you? We'll take him, but he's overpaid, overhyped. And by the way, he just announced publicly that he is not going to play for you ever again. I'm, hey, Ben, I'm calling you. I think, it's, I think we're going to do that right now. I think it's time. It's been too long for one of these, and it's really been driving me crazy because it's time. Here we go. Hello, is Ben there? Yeah, this is Ben. Hey, Ben, it's Daryl. Hey, uh, hey, Daryl, what's up? Hey, Ben, I got a question. Uh, what are you doing? Well, what do you mean? I, I told you I didn't want to play for you anymore. I, I know, and, and we told you that we're trying to trade you, Ben. But when you go public to say that you're not going to even show up to training camp, how do you think that does when we're trying to do a trade? Well, I didn't really consider that, Daryl. Well, I know you didn't, Ben, but now I got a problem because I got an owner who wants me to get as much as I can for you. And I have a reputation as a team president. I can't just give you away because you're good, but not good enough to win a championship with us. But you're good. Well, Daryl, I'm just telling you right now that if you don't trade me, I'm going to have no choice but to do a Harden. You know what I'm talking about, Daryl. What do you mean do a Harden, Ben? Say it. Say it to me right now. Tell me what you mean. Well, you know what I mean. I'm just saying that if you force me to come to training camp, I'm going to totally dog it. I'm going to ruin the clubhouse and the locker room, and you're going to have no choice but to trade me. And then I'm going to give you my list of teams, and you're going to make it happen. Hey, Ben, I don't want to ruin anything for you on a random Wednesday afternoon, but you're no James Harden. Well, I didn't consider that, Daryl. Well, I think you ought to start considering that right now. We have done everything this offseason to be helpful to you. We've met with you. We've met with your agent. We have tried with every one of the other NBA teams to move you. We cannot get anybody to offer anything other than a ball boy and a air pump for you. So what exactly do you want me to do? Well, that's easy, Daryl. Just 
Hold out for a better ball boy and maybe some extra Spalding balls. Signed by Adam Silver. This is no laughing matter, Ben. I'm not laughing. I'm just telling you, I'm not going to training camp. Ben, I can't even talk to you anymore. I'm hanging up. And I don't love you anymore. Goodbye. Ben Simmons is being advised by someone who's never been in the NBA, by someone who's never run a team. Ben Simmons is being advised by people who believe that with his four years and $140 million left, that he is somehow tradable. Ben Simmons and that agent, don't forget who his agent is. It's that guy, Rich Paul. Remember him? The one who's being sued by Noel, the Nick player, for ignoring him. Rich Paul should be ashamed of himself. Actually, he should be congratulating himself that he got that sort of deal, that sort of max deal for Ben Simmons. Here's how this plays out, just so we're clear. Ben Simmons will be traded by the Sixers. The Sixers will not get back what they want for Ben Simmons. And if I am Daryl Morey, I trade Ben Simmons to the one team he doesn't want to go to. You don't want to go to Toronto? Bye-bye. Enjoy Toronto. You have no choice. So frustrating. I don't, you know, the players have this sense of entitlement that we give them. We do everything for them. We take care of everything. We make them rich beyond their wildest dreams. We don't do anything to protect them from people trying to steal their money. We don't do anything to protect them from the problems that life can hold when you're 24 and rich, when you've never been told no, when you've been the star in every room you've been in. We try to give tough love, but then we give in because as executives, we want to win more than we want to care about the future of these athletes. And then we wonder when Frankenstein is born and tries to kill us back. <sighs> Nothing personal pick of the day. Thank you. We've got a lot of listeners, Coke. A lot of listeners pay attention to the Nothing Personal Pick of the Day. They listen to the entire podcast. Our retention rate is phenomenal, which means you're listening to like all 45 minutes of this show every day. So thank you for that. I yesterday made a mistake. And when I make mistakes, I correct them. When you get to me and tell me I made a mistake, I'm going to correct it. The way the show works is I create a rundown with Coca. We review it the night before. We review it the day of. There's no script. I've got no monitors here. I have no, what's it called when you write down a, uh, what you're going to say and they show it to you? I can't think of that word. A prompter. There's no prompter. By the way, one Twitter follower did tell me what word I was trying to think of on a recent show. And I forgot what word I was trying to think of. And I forgot what word you told me it was, but you were right. So on nothing personal pick of the day, I took credit for winning the pick two days ago, which was the raise over the Red Sox, which would have brought us to 110 and 91. It turns out that I had raise over Red Sox on my rundown, but in actually doing the show, I got sidetracked. Shocking that I got sidetracked and I never actually gave my pick. I merely told you the Rays are the best team in baseball, which they are. The Rays beat the Red Sox, so I gave myself a win. Coco wasn't paying attention, so he didn't correct me. But you did, which means I don't get that win because I didn't tell you to make the play. 
I'm back to 109 and 91 pending last night's game when I told you to take the Dodgers and Ferris Bueller over the Braves and Charlie Chaplin. As it turns out, Bueller pitched well, Morton pitched well, but the Dodgers won. So now we're 110 and 91. So you need a pick for today, don't you? How about this? Rays over Red Sox. Rays for the sweep. Chris on back sale is on bake sale. That's a good one. Chris on bake sale. That's channeling my inner Chris Berman. He's pitching for the Red Sox, so people are going to jump on the Red Sox. And Sale has been masterful since he's come back. But I want to give you a little nugget about Tommy John. When you're coming back from Tommy John, what is really hard to do is be consistent. And you may have moments of brilliance where your arm feels good, where your velocity is back, where you've got spin on the ball and everything's going well in your team and your fans in the front office thinks, oh, my God, what a miracle. He's made it through Tommy John surgery. He's made it through rehab. And then you take a little step back. You have a bad outing and you say, oh, is he OK? Is he hurt? Chris Sale, while he is superhuman, he's pitching against the best team in baseball. I think they are tied with the Giants for the best record now, or they may even have the best record, but there's something, some, certainly the best record in the American League. I think this is not a game where Chris Sale fatigue may set in. The greatness of the opponent may set in. Let people jump on the Red Sox. We are jumping on the race. 110 and 91 is what we're going for because we're only 109 and 91 now. All right, wait to see. I do want to, touch on wait to see a little bit you know i tell you when things are going to happen and we revisit it we keep track of a wait to see we have a document of every wait to see we've ever done it's sort of a hashtag for me because i think things are going to happen and when they do i remind you that they did and when they don't i tell you that they didn't i want to be accountable to you and that's part of the fun of this show i'm accountable when i make mistakes i'm accountable when wait to sees don't happen as opposed to these other gas bags who just say whatever they want, forget what they said, and then never revisit it and just assume that you forgot about it. I'm not going to let you forget about it when I say something that didn't happen or did happen. On March 16th of 2021, way back before the season started, we did a wait to see about the Red Sox reliever named Sam Mura. And I told you that he is not going to be on the Red Sox active roster on September 1st. Well, today is September 1st. And guess what? He's not on the active roster. We got that way to see right. And I'm going to take credit for it because I'm a consequentialist, but I'm going to give you a little insight into why that was my way to see. I thought he'd be released by now. It turns out he has not been released. He's on the COVID list. But guess what? The way to see didn't say why he wouldn't be on the active roster. The way to see was he would not be on the active roster. And guess what? He's not. Then on July 29th of this year, so just over a month ago, do you remember when uh, the, the, the uh, Nationals, I was about to say the Redskins, and then I was about to say the football team, and then I realized I got the right city, the wrong sport. The Washington Nationals had a COVID issue, and there was a player named Trey Turner who has since been traded to the Dodgers. Trey Turner was pulled out of a game in the middle of a game when he tested positive for COVID. And I said to you at that day on July 29th, there is no way MLB lets that happen again. With rapid testing the way it is, with PCR test results able to come back so easily and so quickly, all you have to do is pay. 
MLB will never pull another player again who tested positive. I got it wrong. I don't know how it's possible, but Xavier Bogarts of the Red Sox last night drives in a run and then disappears. Is he hurt? I was thinking he's got a, there's something, maybe he's got a family emergency, maybe he tweaks something, maybe he has a coccyx issue. No, he tested positive for COVID. I couldn't believe it. How is it that MLB has not figured out the testing when the rest of us have? What is the use of testing players and getting the test results back once they're in the game? You do it right when they get to the clubhouse, test them, and then you get the results immediately. If you've got COVID, you don't come in. There are rapid tests that you get the results back in 10 minutes. You can go to any clinic anywhere and these rapid tests exist. MLB is just making a mistake here. Do you remember when this first happened back in the World Series this past October when it was the clinching game between the Dodgers and the Rays, which could very well be this year's World Series again, the way those teams are playing? And Justin Turner was diagnosed with COVID, tested positive during the final game. And then he went out to celebrate. Remember all that happened? You got to avoid that. You got to avoid that. So here's my way to see for today. It can't be that MLB will continue doing this. They did it once. I believe that the commissioner and his people are better than that. There will not be a player pulled off the field again in Major League Baseball because of a positive COVID test. They just can't do it. As these games get more important in September and the Red Sox are playing important games, as the playoffs happen through October and the national spotlight is on them, they cannot continue to be so flippant about the timing of their tests. That's my way to see today. I'm doubling up from July 29th and telling you that Xavier Bogarts is the last player to be pulled mid-game with a positive COVID test. Now, of course, it's Xander, but him too. So there's a rule in baseball that is a rule that we focused on a lot. When you have a team that you put together, there's a, you, we carry around this book of rules and this book of roster rules. You're, you have a 40-man roster, and those are players that are on your protected roster. Then every game, you have a 26-man active roster. And when you take someone off your active roster, you have to – they they – get either put into the minor leagues. They have to be designated for assignment. They can be optioned down to the minor leagues if they have options left. But there's all sorts of rules. And you've got to keep track of all of it. And when you don't keep track of it, you risk losing the player. All sorts of bad things can happen if you don't pay attention to rules. One of the rules that I loved paying attention to was the August 31st rule. The August 31st rule says that any player not on your roster or on your injured list, because if you have someone on your injured list, they're not on your roster. If they're on, your, if they're on the 60-day injured list, they actually don't count as part of your 40-man roster. Any player who doesn't fall into those categories is not eligible to be placed on the postseason roster. That's why in 2003, when Mike Lowell got hit in the hand on August 31st, I believe it was, 
We traded for Conine that day because we, if we didn't get him that day, what was the use? We wanted him to be on the playoff roster, which is why we had to give up Donald Levinsky and Jose Batista to the to the Orioles to get Conine. Worth it, totally. The Toronto Blue Jays on July 30th traded for Brad Hand. Brad Hand is the former Marlin who we totally screwed up by starting him and then putting him in the bullpen, then sending him down and then starting him and then bullpen. And we thought he was a number five starter. Big mistake. He ended up being a very quality bullpen, very quality closer. He's the one who was released by the Cleveland Indians, signed by the Washington Nationals, and then traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. He got to the Blue Jays on July 30th, let's say, and he's had a tough stretch. Given up a bunch of runs, just hasn't performed. The Blue Jays have tried to improve their bullpen and it hasn't worked, but they tried. A for effort. They're going to need help to make the playoffs now. Even Vladimir Guerrero making an MVP run short of Shohei Otani, he would be the MVP in the American League. And he still could be the MVP if he carries the Blue Jays to the postseason and continues doing what he's been doing. He cooled off for a bit, but he's doing better now. But the Blue Jays bullpen is still struggling. The Toronto Blue Jays designated Brad Hand for assignment the other day, yesterday. And everyone was a little shocked by that, and so was I. When you designate a player for assignment, you have 10 days to either waive him, release him, or trade him. That's why you're seeing some trades happening in baseball right now. It's players who've been designated. You can trade a designated player after the trade deadline. But here's the problem with what Toronto did. They've made it so Brad Hand will not appear in this year's playoffs. So if you are a playoff team, you're not going to claim Brad Hand off waivers because when you claim a player off waivers who's been designated, you assume that player's contract. So let's just pretend the Houston Astros want Brad Hand because they want him in their bullpen. If they put a claim in on him, if Brad Hand is making $12 million just for math purposes, that's $2 million a month, six months of the season. He's making 10 and a half, so it's under 2 million, but just for easy math, 2 million a month times six months, 12 million. When you claim Brad Hand off waivers, you get awarded his contract. That means you take over his contract. That means you pay him the remaining amount of money on his contract. There's one month of the season left. That's $2 million. And if you are only under the luxury tax threshold by $1 million and you pay Brad Hand $2 million, you are then over the luxury tax threshold. So teams that are close to the luxury tax threshold are not going to claim Brad Hand off waivers. They're going to wait for him to clear waivers. Then he's a free agent. He can sign with whatever team he wants. And whatever team he signs with only has to pay him the minimum salary prorated. Let's say the minimum salary is $600,000. There's one month of the season. Do the math. You can do it. That means whoever signs Brad Hand only has to pay him $100,000. $100,000 versus $2 million. What are you going to do? Are you going to put in a claim and try to guarantee you get him and pay $2 million? Or are you going to wait for him to clear waivers and pitch, pun intended, Pitch him and his agent that we are the right team for you. Come join us for our playoff run. And you only have to pay him 100 grand. 
every team is going to pay him a hundred grand. So Brad Hand will have his choice of teams. But what the Toronto Blue Jays did to him by waiting till now to designate him, he's not going to clear. He is not going to clear waivers until Thursday. Do you know what date Thursday is? It's tomorrow or yesterday, depending on when you're listening to the show. That's September 2nd. That means that any team who wants Brad Hand gets him from September 2nd to the end of the season. And if that team makes the playoffs, he's not eligible to be on the playoff roster. That's a shame, isn't it? I'd like MLB to look at that rule. Because what it means is that you can hold on to a player and you can make it so that no team you're competing with can have him come October. I'd like to see a rule where you don't need to set your playoff roster until the regular season's over. I'd like to see a rule change that enables total flexibility as someone running a team that allows me to massage my roster, to make changes to my roster, to address injuries that could happen in the month of September that don't put me at a competitive disadvantage because what you have to do when you're running a team is you have to say, what happens if this guy gets injured? This guy gets injured. You then have to figure out what depth you want on your 40-man roster, make changes to your 40-man roster to make those players eligible for the playoffs. Now, there have been a bunch of suggestions over the years of ways to do it, and MLB has just said, forget it. Just make your decisions, get your roster done. You can't just change the rule specifically saying if you're designated for assignment or you're waived after August 31st, you become eligible for the playoffs with whatever team signs you or claims you because you have to have a rule that is inclusive. So I don't want to have flexibility just for designated players or just for release players. I want flexibility within even my own organization. I want flexibility depending on what team I'm going to play in the playoffs. Maybe I want someone with speed who's not on the 40-man roster and I want to add him to the roster. Maybe I want an extra lefty who I didn't have to bring to the 40-man roster, but I want him on the playoff roster. MLB should want and the union should want the best possible roster for every playoff team. And we can't decide that on August 31st. We need the full month. And Brad Hand is just the latest example of roster manipulation that teams do to the benefit of themselves, to the detriment of others, all in the name of competition. I love that. It's just business. Sorry, Brad. It's nothing personal.